Greetings, standard nerds. This is Tom Caramonte of Third Rail Design Lab. And Christopher McClanahan of DeeplyDapper.com. And it's time to... Release the... Kraken! This week on Robot Kraken, we appease the beast with our blow-by-blow review of Rose City Comic Con 2016. It's a comic convention we went to. Yay, Comic Con. This is our first ever in-person live recording. Yes. And due to the nature of the placement of this laptop and our delicious beers... We're really close to each other. We are. And you keep staring at my beard and questioning how much of your deeply dapper beard how, oil I use. How do you know if I'm staring at your beard? I could be staring at your shirt. That's true. That's you're, you're, you're close enough that I could be looking at anything. I do have a, I have a sultry silhouette. It could have been that. <laughs> so we just did two days of this convention. Yes. Your second year, my first year. Yep. Yeah, I was in almost the exact same spot last year. No I kidding. was over one row uh, closer towards Stanley. Yeah. Who never came by the table. He said me. I'm very disappointed. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. sold a bill of goods. Well, okay, so this was the Rose City Comic Con in Portland, Oregon. Yes. And you drove, and I flew. And you flew. <clears throat> and what happened? So, yeah, you were saying, before we discovered that we weren't recording, <laughs> that uh, you have been fascinated by people who come to the convention and don't, uh, and, they, and they fly. And they fly, How are yeah. they handling all their stuff? Yeah. And I don't think your experience necessarily qualifies as that same experience, because... I had no stuff. Well, you had stuff, but you had... Like, you didn't have display items, that kind of thing, right. and I'm not sure how the hell they managed that. I yeah. think we need to find out from somebody at some point here. My guess is that they are using a discounted rate shipping plan, a ground shipping plan through a courier. That could be. And, and they have it arranged... In such a way that that stuff gets taken. And I don't, the thing I don't know about is if the show ends at 5 or 6. Right. How are they supposed to get it to somewhere to get it shipped unless there's a service Unless they the stay does. the next night or something. That's a good point. Maybe that's um, but you had an experience. I did. So, I had so, one. So how did you get your stuff here, Tom? Okay, so <laughs> as you know, I have other things going on. I had work and my kids and my life. And so I was working hard to get stuff ready to bring to the convention that I didn't have already. And so that meant that leading up to the night before, I had worked hard to get those. I had, I had three three exclusive prints right. for the show that I was pushing to get done at night. And I got them done, and that left the night before flying out to pack. And I wasn't really worried about it because I don't have a ton of stuff. Right. But I got a big suitcase out. I put the books in. I put the new books in that I made. I uh, I. I smashed in my bin of original art, <laughs> put some clothes in there to, to uh, soften it, and uh, squeeze it all closed. And I figured that it was better to have one heavy case than multiple cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the next burp, morning... Burp, burp, burp. Yeah, <laughs> what could happen? So the next morning, on the way, took the taxi to the airport, and on the way to the airport, I decided to look up the conditions on Virgin America for... Uh, heavy baggage and it was very vague i saw that there was overage fees and that they were expensive but it didn't really clarify how that was assessed so when i got to the airport and i was very early as i want to do um from international travel experience i took my stuff and i put it on the thing and it weighed in at 90 pounds (laughs) 90 pounds 
So I'm like, hold on, please. I have a giant bike messenger backpack, so let me see what I can do. So I pulled, I went out to the side, and it's like six in the morning or something, and I, uh, you know, I'm unpacking stuff from the suitcase, putting it in the bag, zip it up, went back, reweighed, and they're like, you're down to 80 pounds. And so when all was said and done, I put 40 pounds of stuff in my backpack that were in the suitcase. <laughs> and she's like, are you going to be okay? And I said, that's why I have a bag like this. Right. You know. I left my spinal column somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he but, really uh, did. Yeah. And where it really bit me was, you know, so I had my flight, everything was fine. And then you had the airport, uh, you had the shuttle from the hotel to come yeah. get me, which took 45 minutes. And I was standing around at the shuttle, uh, you know, aisle with the backpack on because I didn't want to try and take it off. It was so heavy. Right. Putting it on the ground and not on a on a bench or something means that it would be really hard to, to get it back onto my back without right. twisting something and hurting myself. And I was really paranoid about it, so I left it on. They'll be here any minute, you know. Forty five minutes yeah, later, I was I can't believe it took so fucking long to get there. It's ridiculous to me. And and lest anybody thinks that he's exaggerating. He had me pick up his bag after he got here, and it, it was a two-hander. And it wasn't like it was just a light, oh, oof, heavy. It was like, oh, my God, you have, like, lead ingots in here or something. I mean, it was a heavy bag. Well, for better or worse, everything about me is a two-hander. So, <laughs> Oh. But, uh, yeah, so two days later. The, the shaving. No. Uh, I see what happened. So, so, okay, so this was a different con for me. I've had very little con experience overall, right? Because right. we just started doing this last year. Yeah. And before that, it was a decade ago. Right. But last year, we did a mainstream con that was poorly run. <laughs> yeah. Wizard World. Hello, Wizard World. Yes. <laughs> Unfollow. And yeah, then, right. Uh, and then we did an, an, indie, an indie con, which is the Alternative Press Expo, yeah. Ape, which we really liked... For the experience, but wasn't a good sales con. Yeah, we we really more enjoyed that con from the the hanging out vacation end of it, really, Absolutely. and talking to other artists. And but from a traffic point of view, it was pretty abysmal. So of course we signed up for the next year immediately. Well, and that and the con had been, <laughs> it had been moved down to San Jose, and you know, so now all of the the, the regular uh, repeat customers that would have gone to it year after year up in the Bay Area were now. Right, you know, faced with, are, am I going to take a train or or a car down to two hours down to San Jose to do the same thing? And yeah, said no. Yeah, but uh, and so then this one was a, and you've had many cons this year. How many cons until before this one had you done? Oh, geez, um, I think this was my thirteenth or fourteenth con this year. Wow. Um, yeah, and that's a little lighter than I'll probably do next year, actually. And that might actually be a little shy, but somewhere between 13th and 15th con this year. And so this was a, I mean, I would say it's a fairly mainstream con, but it's not overly, it's not overly focused on, uh, all comics or all media right. or all cosplay. I mean, it was a pretty good balance, right? Well, and the thing I love about Rose City is that they have a focus on comics. Right. And comic art and creators. Like, I... I hardly heard anyone talking about how excited they were to see the celebrities. Yeah. Like, I had a couple people excited about Stan Lee, but... And, you know, there were here and there, but compared to a lot of the other mainstream cons I do where people talk constantly about, oh, my God, Norman Reedus, here it was like, oh, my God, did you meet Mike Minola or did you see Eric Powell over there? Yeah. And I love that. That's super cool. I realize now that since we uh, 
since we're recording twice, right? <laughs> for the price of one, which is zero dollars, <laughs> uh, we skipped our sweet sucking the monkey segment. We did skip sucking the monkey. And I realized that as I was waving my beer around. And it. since we're we're pretty much done, we need to create new True. monkeys to suck. True. Wait a I don't know. You don't like the way that sounds. Let me get you another one. <laughs> do you want one of those? I'm trying to decide. I might actually have. I I might actually. Dive into the the old brand that we got going on oh, okay. here. Right Put on. a little bit in my, my my coke here. Okay, so everyone follow along at home. <laughs> now get a sweet sweet paper cup for your whiskey beverage. Yes. Uh, you're gonna do a slight edit, I think, friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is this is real life here, everybody. I just ran over your flip flop. No, you've been sitting on it for the last oh. twenty minutes. <laughs> Uh, these were those. These were those flip flops that are all uh, high, like those high padded oh, ones yeah. that have like an inch and a half of uh, of foam under them. Before you were on it, oh. because now it's just normal flip flops. <laughs> those were high heel flip flops before I rode across them. <laughs> they were Harley Quinn cinematic flip flops. <laughs> so uh, for this sucking the monkey segment, I have a question for you. And that What's is, that? what do you have? Well, previously on sucking the monkey. Tom and I were both drinking a Rogue Hazelnut Brown Nectar beer, which we got because because it said Rogue, and we were at a Comic-Con. And it kind of looks like I'm on it. And it does kind of look like you're on it, which is not what I pictured Rogue looking like at all. Not at all. Sugar. Sugar. Uh, That's right. But that was before when we started recording and then realized I hadn't started recording. But that was, an, or that was a relatively... Local beer. It's from New York. It was. York, yeah. So it hasn't traveled too far. Yeah. Yeah. And we like a local beer. We do like a local beer. Unless it's, you know, Ben Angle, West Kansas, and it's... Right. It sm- looks looks and smells like beer. Yeah. Or the, the one I got from Vegas was terrible, too. Um, but now, I am having something a little heavier. I'm having some vanilla Coca-Cola with... Uh. What is this? Old Granddad High Rye Mash Bill Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Now, I have to admit, I've had this already today. You have. Through the course of the entire day, and I quite liked it. It's 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 a, not a bad whiskey, actually. It's got a little bit of a caramel kick to it. Um, when you look at the, how little is left in that bottle, it's alarming, but actually I also <laughs> filled the flask. That I, had I cho- wondered about I that. Chose, I chose not to bring the flask. Because, so this, why. <laughs> because this, is like a, this was a full bottle before we left for the con this morning. And I was wondering if you really had fit all of that into that liter of Coke you brought. Because it's impressive. I, I would have expected you wobbling a little more during breakdown tonight. <laughs> this would, that would look like something straight out of... Uh, uh, nice Guys, the film that we have not yet reviewed. Nice Guys is an excellent um, film, though. But uh, anyway, no. So, I yes, I did have Ooh. some Granddad in my Coke uh, during the uh, con, which made day two much smoother than day one. <laughs> I have to say, the, the vanilla Coke goes quite well with the whiskey. It adds a it's nice Im- smoothness. It's important to pair your grain liquors with your artificial chemical additives yes. appropriately. So I'm having, this, so this is a beer that we uh, had last night. Which is quite good. We should have looked it up about how to pronounce it, and as usual, we didn't. But it's called Ready, Set, Goes. So I'm going to assume it's Goes. Go, it's got to uh, be, yeah. yeah. It's an ale brewed with salt and organic coriander. And so it's an interesting, it's a really interesting beer. And I have to say, last night I had a couple of these, and then I had this like asthma attack, like the kind, not, <laughs> not like the, uh, you know, the 
wheezing and wheezing and panting type, but more right. the the allergic reaction triggering a thing. So like I had a lot of you know, problems in my throat. And your lovely wife um, suggested that maybe I have a mild allergy to coriander. So tonight we're going to do a field test experiment. It's a control sample right here. <laughs> so in about twenty minutes, if I start like herking, herking, <laughs> laying on the ground, then you know. Are, are you assuming that we we've survived the pizza experience long enough for for the the beer to kick in? That's a really good point. I don't know. I don't know because we've had pizza every single fucking night this week. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's it's more it's chewing the monkey. The extended segment. Right. We had so when I so before I got here on on Thursday on Thursday you night. posted a photo of a delicious pizza you had and I said, man, I would love pizza. Yeah. And then I got here on Friday. And after we did the setup and everything, we said, what should we have? Well, why not? Let's just go back to that pizza place. Why not? Mia's right here. Yeah, Mama Mia. Mama Mia's. Mia's. Mama's. Mama Mia Pizza? Let, uh, me, let me look it up so we can pronounce it correctly because the manager slash owner is really awesome. We highly recommend it. And yes. uh, especially if you like sport. Pizza Mia. Pizza Mia. If you like sport and sport places that have sports on TVs. And I also have delicious pizza and beverages. There you go. As you can see, we are not that type of person. But we like this place. And her. She yeah, was great. Yeah, she was really great. Uh, Melissa, right? That's right. Yeah, she or, was really awesome. Melissa or Michelle? She said it. Oh, it might have been Michelle. She was awesome. Michelle-lissa was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she talked about Molly so much, she got me confused. Right, yeah. And I started thinking, is she offering us Molly? But anyway, so... <laughs> that was That's Washington. The drug. Okay, so anyway... <laughs> Uh, and then last night after the con, we were so fried that we yeah. we finally we wanted to go to a, a special bar we'd heard about. So mm-hmm. we found a, a restaurant near that bar called Sizzle, which happens right. to be a pizza pub. Yeah. So then we hopping one. Yeah, it was it was it was popular, but it was slow. So we it actually was. we ordered we stood in the line, ordered the pizza, went out, sat on the back patio, and it was an hour and change before the pizza came. Right. During which we had the the breadsticks that came out like. Ten minutes prior to it, was that in the original recording or in this one? I genuinely don't know. We if we've already to told you about this, too bad. But you're completely trapped. You can't fast forward or rewind or stop or unsubscribe to this podcast. It's possible we may be a little off tonight. I don't know. It's been a long weekend. But the point is, we ordered the salad appetizer, which was breadsticks with the, yes with, with red sauce, with dipping and then, sauces. Yes, and then we had a delicious pizza, and then we yep. came home. And so and that, t- that pizza was called Have Fun in Jail. I hope you have fun in jail, <laughs> by good. the way. And it had like like vodka cream sauce and bacon. what else was on it? Bacon and onion and smoked mozzarella. Smoked mozzarella. That was, which a, was amazing. It was a very good pizza. So then, and we had amber beer there. That's right. And so then we tonight, tonight we're like, Where's, what should we do? We should just get some food, bring it back so we can record our show. Right. And... Should we? Dare we? <laughs> we dared. Back to Pizza Mia. <laughs> wow. So here we are. So, uh, Rose so, City Comic Con. Day ahead. one. Day one. Okay, so how about day zero, which was Day set zero, set up, yeah. Uh, so, so in my limited experience, I'm expecting expo expo halls. Right. Uh, although... Alternative Press Expo was a tent. But I mean, you know, in general, I'm expecting it to be an expo hall. And those are generally fairly oppressive and they don't feel very good inside and whatever. And the lighting is often weird and the AC is weird. And what was striking about this one is that they have this this system, this grid system on the ceiling of lights in a rectangular shape. Right. And as they, and it's such a huge hall 
that as it as it uh, extends out in, towards infinity, it looks like Tron or something like that. Oh, in, yeah. In the darkness absolutely. of the ceiling. It was a huge hall. When you saw the sea of Oops. tables, when you saw the sea of tables, it seemed like this was going to be... It's massive, big. yeah. And I know it's not as big as some, like San Diego, but, I mean, it, it right. was certainly the biggest I'd been to. Yeah, the, the sheer amount of floor space that this con takes up rivals Salt Lake City and a few others that size. Like, I was... I've always been surprised at how much floor space they have. And part of it's that they... I feel like Rose City has perfected the amount of distance between tables because yes. they're just the right amount apart that people can walk through it comfortably. You're right. But they're close enough together that you can't get the attention of somebody walking past your table yep. or that they can have browsers but still have people go past taking pictures and that kind of thing. Yeah, when I think about the way uh, our favorite, Wizard World, was set up, it was narrow enough that people were were funneling. Right. And so they weren't looking at the corners or the edges as they went through. Right. And also, everything was so smashed together. Yeah, if somebody was seen. a powerful cosplay stopped, the entire row got plugged up and people right. would go around and right. stuff. Whereas Rose City, they have just like an, uh, an optimal amount of space between their rows, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. And then also, the the layout of the tables was such that you would have two tables, then an aisle space, right. then two tables, then the corner. Yeah. So that meant that you couldn't be trapped entirely behind a large structure, yeah. which I've experienced before, and where you can't be seen. Yeah. You're hidden behind. It's like you're the, you're the one in the alleys up against the... Yeah, that's really nice. Waiting yeah. for the wanes to come out. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, yeah, so this was... It, it felt very comfortable. Yeah. And we ended up putting me in the corner, so it was your, your whole setup. Mm-hmm. across one and a half tables and then I was right. on the, the other half with because I had very little prop, uh, product right. to put out and mostly I wanted to be set up to where I had some demo copies and then my sketchbook and I and then the bin of the original art yeah um, and so I was at the corner so I would see corner traffic as it was coming to some degree yeah but what was interesting and I expected this the flow was we've skipped into day right. one but anyway <laughs> this is about layout this is about layout but the flow was very much we didn't know whether the flow was going to be coming off the celebrities, which were at the right. far end of our table. Right? Which I don't think we got a lot of. No, Stan Lee was right there. I mean, yeah. We, we, we could have seen him if he was tall enough and we were looking at Right. Him. Yeah, if, if they'd given him the trampoline he wanted, it fine. <laughs> it was in his rider. So, uh, yeah, if the tra- we weren't sure if the traffic was going to come that way or if it was going to come off the main aisle, which would have been my corner. Right. And, it, and, in, and invariably, it was my side. However, what was happening was people were coming. And this is no complaint. This is a this is a credit to what you have. They would come by and go, "Huh, oh, hello," and they they look at my thing or something and say, "Wow, that's cool," and then go, "Whoa, you know, <laughs> you know, there's David Bowie," and then they just sound right over to all your soaps and your flasks and right. your art prints and all this amazing uh, pop culture icon stuff that does so well for you. And you know, I was we're working together, so I was right. happy to have that happen. And we were selling our prints together, and we were we were organized as a as a team. But it was very obvious that the the fan favorite stuff is these tchotchkes that you make with right. all these very popular fandom things, and yeah. so um, you know generally the energy went right over to there. <laughs> but it but it still worked out. Yeah, really well. and and it's something where I think we might play with next time if we're doing another con this way and say okay, so maybe we try using my stuff as the stopping point and then see if they, they peter out towards you. Well, and as much as I like a good peter or a petering out, um, uh, I think also at this point you have enough stuff and I'm, my stuff is growing. 
Yeah, again with these yeah. things. Um, <laughs> that Peter I think, is growing. Yeah, I, I think we're at a point where it's it, you know I'm going to have to get a table. For I table. think so. I mean, you'll have two tables, and I'll point. have a table. Yeah, and uh, which I think is a good thing. I, I think yeah. we we finally convinced my friend Tom here that he needs to go to these cons as. With an eye towards making some money as well <laughs> as meeting people. Well, it's true. I've taken this <laughs> almost entirely as an opportunity to hang out. Yeah. Uh, for long-time listeners know this already, but short newcomers to the podcast may not know that Chris is in Idaho. Yeah. And I'm in San Francisco, California. Pocatello, Idaho, San Francisco. And so we use this West Coast con deal. No, Siri, I'm not talking to you. Uh <laughs> Where's the West Coast? <laughs> how can I get a con deal? So we use this as an excuse to hang out. It's kind of like a little mini vacation. We get to sell our stuff. Yeah. But we're spending the time, you know, chatting with, with fans and people we meet at the show and chatting with each other, right. mostly at night, really. And, you know, you'd spend less money on a on a weekend visiting each other right. than we do at the con, and we're and it's doing double duty. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I, you, but you're, what you said is true. I mean, I've slowly been building my product. Yeah. So yeah. I had the one book last year. Now I have a total of three books and some prints. Right. And then for the future shows, I'm going to have a lot more You're going to explode with prints. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about what we're going to try and do differently. But yeah. anyway, so the setup went pretty well. Yeah, I think so. The parking I lot think, was close to the entry. Yeah, I actually really like the way their parking's set up because, man, I've been to a few of these cons and it's just a friggin' nightmare to get into the floor and get your stuff there and get it set up. Whereas here, they're just like... Park, take it across the road, up the hill, you're in. And it's it's everything's relatively smooth. They don't have massive pipes running across it that you have to avoid. Right. And yeah, I, I I really dig the way they have their setup on there. And you know, they, they charge you sixty bucks for parking for vendors for the weekend, but you're in a spot that's there, you know you're gonna have a spot, it's easy to get in and out of, and it's it's totally worth sixty bucks to know you've got a friggin' place to park and you don't have to yeah. drive around and shit. So. Well, and when you look at how, uh, you know, the, the the con in San Francisco, right? They're requiring requiring that you pay a loading dock fee, that right? Was in like the six hundred dollar range or more, it's insane. And it was based on pallet load and all the other stuff. And if you didn't want to do that, if you didn't have enough stuff to warrant that level of loading dock access, right? Then it was really challenging. They had locked it down to where. You know, you can make one trip in right. with no dolly or anything. You can carry <laughs> stuff, but you can't wheel in any carts or anything. And one person, right. only one trip. Right. So they're obviously making it so that you're an artist you with a couple of books to, yeah. and, a, and a pen, or you're going to pay the loading document. Yeah. So that's a union thing. So Yeah, because like I've, got, I've got three loads with my little dolly cart that I have. And I, I think that's fairly compact, considering yeah. the sheer amount of shit that I sell. But, like, like even at Denver Comic Con, where there were still some union layouts and rules, you couldn't bring anything rolled in. So I had to carry all of those in. And it was, I can't even imagine trying to figure out Salt Lake, or for uh, San Francisco. It would have just been a logistical nightmare, and I would have just had to have paid. Now, here's my question about that carry-in. Mm-hmm. That's getting through the door, right? No, so that's you, period. So you couldn't unlook like, unhook your little folding cart and then roll it to your table? No. You had to uh, carry it from your car to the table, 
100%. You couldn't use rolling luggage. You couldn't use a cart. You couldn't use a dolly. Anything. Well, everybody has to have steaks in the freezer, I guess. Yeah. they're vegan. Yeah. The, vegetarian. But <laughs> the union guys are not vegan. Well, I just... Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's different rules for different places. But yeah, this was very convenient. Set up went quick. Yeah. And then uh, we were we were good to go. Yeah, we got to wander the floor a little bit that night, which was fun. And I appreciated it because <laughs> I was up very early. And you had just done that big drive the day before. So, yeah. Right. So yeah, it was nice to get set up. We wandered a little bit. We looked at some of the, oh, look who's going to be here stuff. I was astounded at the old school comic talent that was <sighs> at it. these tables, according to the, 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 the <laughs> sign that was yeah. empty. I remember Steve, Steve Lieber. Yeah, had posted to thing, and he had he had set himself up, and no one else was there, and that, that's what we were <laughs> right. shocked by. Everyone, no one was setting up. Yeah, Friday night, and so he had set up his whole thing, and he, he announced Librecon because <laughs> it was like him and the lights, and that's right. it. Right? But uh, yeah, when we left on Friday night, there was there was no one, practically no one. Set yeah, up. I would say in Artist Alley there was maybe thirty percent set up. Yeah, like and then that, and then when we came. So nine thirty. So we got there early this morning, or right. uh, day one morning. But when we got there, the place was almost all set up, and I don't know yeah. when they did that because did they open the doors at dawn? Because that was right. It fast. blows me away. Yeah, like yeah. some of these guys just they have it down so slick that they're just like boop boop done kind of thing. Well, we were sitting there eating uh, hard boiled eggs in a bag, <laughs> sack <laughs> eggs from the hotel. <laughs> they were like. Oh, you know, pull the pull the record, and then the thunk. Their, their, their right. displays opened up at their tables, but yeah. So we walked in on Saturday morning, ready to rock and roll, and the place was set up and gorgeous looking. And it's a nice con. I really like so I lo- I like Rose City a lot. Um, and great collection of artists. I. I'm a friends. I'm a friends. Uh, okay, that's with uh, pizza every chunk. day, and this is what happens. Right? Yeah. I'm a full of the Italian pizza. No. <laughs> um, are we trying to I'm say? friends friend with, with quite a few of the authors and artists in the Artist Alley. And it was kind of neat getting to like wander around and see them. But the talent of the rest of the artists there. And I like how they mix the... The name artists in with them. The pros were blended in with yeah. uh, the regular exhibitors, and whether it was in the exhibitor section or the artist alley, the pros were blended in with uh, non pros and pros. Yeah, the pros and <laughs> well, yeah. So it, it, I found that very interesting. I was a, kind of accustomed to the idea that you would go over in that corner, right. one of the big banners would be the names, and then you come down here, and this is all the small press people, right? But in fact, as I was walking, you know, you're walking along. You know, they're just blended in. Yeah, you're like, holy shit, it's Larry Strowman or Terry yeah. Dodson. Yeah. yeah. Two that I didn't see. We actually didn't get a lot. You got some more time today mm-hmm. on day two to walk. A little bit, yeah. But overall, the thing about con life is that you're behind the table the whole time. Right. And some of those guys bring help to run their tables so they can walk around, which is right. great. And they do panels and that kind of thing. And, you're, and your lovely wife helping us allowed yeah. for you to do that and me to do a little bit. But even when I was walking around... I felt compelled to come back to the table and and, right. and sort of talk to people more. But uh, I saw we might as well talk about some of those pros. That we yeah, to yeah, absolutely. Growing up uh, with you know celebrities in in LA when I was a kid, I don't I don't geek out too much on celebrities. I like I still like seeing them. Like oh cool, yeah. But I I don't I don't trip out on it too much. And same thing with musicians. But right. When, but comic creators is an interesting animal for me. You're 
you're used to this now, having done this for a while. I'm getting to the point. I, I still got pretty nervous, Nelly, shaky around a couple of them today. But, but. <laughs> the key is that I grew up, I was reading comics in a pre-internet era. So right. all of these are just names on a paper creating work that I loved. Right. And then over time, I started to see some of the faces in media, mm-hmm. on blogs and news sites and stuff. Over time, some, but still right. you didn't see on a regular basis. If it wasn't Brian Michael Bendis, right. you're not going to see their face <laughs> on, you know, on an article. Uh, so to me, it was still the the thrill of peeking behind the curtain. Sort yeah. Of, right? of who, who are the people that were, who are the humans behind the work that's been done? <laughs> right. And what I find fascinating is some of my favorites, which were old school artists, mm-hmm. blended into these, with these newer school people. All the old, a lot of the old school artists are trippy because right now they're predominantly men mm-hmm. but they're they're like like white dudes in their 50s right 60s or whatever <laughs> often from not not from the west coast or whatever and and so there's it's a saltiness to it and right really oh, weird yeah. and, and and those that are willing to be at a con right now at this stage of their career either they don't have as many fans because they've been doing it right you know, it's, it's you know they're not getting as much work now or they are a big name still, but they still choose to come. And so their attitudes at the table are, you really don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> right. Are they resentful yeah, that they're do there? Do they just not give a shit? Do they or... want to talk to people? Do they right. not? And, uh, yeah, they, it was actually almost entire, almost entirely super cool responses. That yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was great. Everyone I talked to, like, like Terry Dodson was there with Rachel Dodson who, and I, I love her work on his work. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and like like they were super like friendly and chill and outgoing and they were showing me stuff they were working on and and like like I I talked really briefly with oh pardon me the vanilla coke is coming back I see uh Larry Strollman uh-huh. who I I grew up reading his stuff on like X Factor and, yeah, right. and stuff and like I got to talk very briefly with him and he was really great but like like super gracious and interesting and it was just it was so cool to be able to walk around a corner and be like oh my god yeah for yeah mo- for most of them the ones that I wasn't really nervous about I I didn't talk to a lot of the people that I would have that I had an interest in their work because I've been reading comics for what, 30 right. something, 35 years maybe of my right. life. So, you know, I, 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 I'm familiar with a lot of the older pros work going way back. Yeah. So I didn't know really what I wanted to say. And you actually are the one that convinced me to go talk to a couple that I otherwise was kind of <laughs> dismissing. My problem was I didn't know what to say. Right. I didn't really want to be, Hey, I love your work and you're so influential because they hear that all the time. Who right. Cares? I didn't want to try to sit there and have a little, discussion about what I'm doing because who gives a shit yeah they care yeah they don't care um (laughs) but on some of them that I would walk by and I just accidentally realize I'm I'm looking at uh you know uh Howard Schenken for example right yeah and I just what I've been doing is just saying you know talk asking them as a human how their human experience is going right not so much like wow your comics are so rad so right. I just said, love your work. Hey, you know, how, how have you found the con? And he started talking to me about his exit schedule for the day <laughs> and how he's flying on Alaska, Alaska Airlines, and issues with the kind of food they have there. And when, when he lands, then he's got to drive up because he lives a little further up in the state. Huh. And so we were, we were bullshitting about the, 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 uh, the pitfalls of air travel and being right. sold a bill of goods in the 80s and how it's different now. And <laughs> right. It was a great, it was perfectly fine, great 10 minute conversation about air travel. That's awesome. And I thought, you know, again, this childhood Tom cool. would be yeah. tripping out to think that future Tom was talking to 
conversation about yeah. you know whether airline food was good or not. Yeah, that's but he was, right. But he was very reasonable and cool. That's um, really awesome. Paul Galassi was really cool, and that's another yeah, old like salt. Right, he's been around for a long time. He asked me if I'd seen Stan. And from the perspective of, like, I should know Stan. <laughs> right, yeah. Did you like, talk to Stan? Did you, you talk know? to my pal Stan? Yeah. yeah our pal Stan? Yeah, is, yeah. Stuff like that just really cracked me up. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't get a chance to talk to him a lot at a lot of the shows because I don't have help. And right. I don't have somebody else to cover my table. And usually I'm there to make money. And if I'm not at my table, I'm not making money. So every once in a while, like Rocky Mountain Con this last year, I got to talk to George Perez for Perez right. for a while, and like that was great. He was there early specifically so that Artist Alley could come over and talk to him before guests came in. Did you thank him for making Scarlet Witch a gypsy for a while, <laughs> giving her a can- uh, like a like a perm and stuff? I did not, oh, okay. though I could have. Um, but I mean, he was just so gracious, and he was doing discounted headshots for artists. Oh, that's cool. And like, yeah, like like I got a a headshot of fucking Lobster Johnson by George Perez. Because for forty bucks, wow. he's like, hey, "Let me do a headshot for you guys. We're doing discounted ones for Artist Alley because I know you guys don't get to enjoy yourselves at these usually." That's a really nice touch. Oh my god, he's it's amazing! It's not so much the discount as much as the idea that he's thinking about the yeah. fact that we're all stuck at tables. And not yeah, he's given back to him. He knows that he's influential and that people want to meet him, but we don't have time because we're working. I thought that was amazing. And like like I got to talk to Mike Minola for a little while today. So that was the one for me. That was the yeah. that was the top of the pyramid of 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 taking me an extrovert and public with experience in public speaking and putting me in a position where I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did not know what to say. He's been the he's probably the greatest other than Masamuni Shiro right. as far as living illustrators. He's probably my biggest influence, although you don't see unlike Shiro, right. unlike Brian Hitch and a few others where you can look at my stuff and, and maybe you can see some of those uh-huh. things, uh, Hitch more design wise than in right. the, way, with the way I draw. But, uh, you know, you don't see any mm-hmm. uh, Mignola in my stuff. However, his craft and his construction and, and my appreciation for what he's doing is what has kept me crop rocket race. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's what's kept me glued to this medium. my whole, you know, yeah. for as long yeah. as he's been doing, he's, what he's doing. just consistently surprising and amazing. And his, his use of shadow and blacks is like the one thing that's might eventually push me into the realm of doing a realistic time frame on my art. Right. Right. Because like, like, Everything I do is so hyper detailed that, that I want to like be like, oh, I got to draw out every single fold in this shadow kind of thing. Whereas I'm right. like, ah, but Mike Mignola would just go, blam, and it would look amazing. Well, and like I talked to him about it a little bit, and I talked to uh, Phil Hester mm-hmm. a lot about it. In both cases, heavy, heavy, uh, um, you know, blocked in, mm-hmm. lots of negative space, lots of block, blocked in blacks. Um, you can't use it as a crutch. Right. I'm not discouraging you. I'm not saying you need a crutch, but I'm saying the, what's challenging about that is they they work it out to the point where they're seeing things. They're seeing right. it in that high contrast. Right. So they know what the what to do. And you see that in their pencils with all the X's and all the areas are going to be black. Right. And sometimes you look at it and you're like, I can't even make heads or tails of this. Right. But they're seeing it. But those, I can't see it. Those sketchbooks we picked up by Minola, we each got uh, one of his exclusive sketchbooks that he does. So great to see just his solid black and white sketches that he does. They're, you can't they're a little fake rougher. It. Yeah, you cannot. You cannot use a a black, inky black, heavy 
um, simplified style as a fake. Right. Because you will not, not get it right. It's no. sort of like when I was younger and I would try to do a silhouette figure, like a ninja or something. Right. And I would do it by outline. Like I would draw the outline of the guy. Right. And it was all wrong, right? Right. You had to be able, you would actually have to bubble it out and make the figure. Right. Then trace the outline and then not fill it in. That's the only way to do it, right? <laughs> it, absolutely. But back then, I would just kind of try to do the outline, and I had these weird little, you know, ink, ink right. blot mur- like, murder victims. Super long arm. <laughs> yeah. and... <laughs> but you, you're the one who convinced me to go talk to Mike McMillan, and I've had some of his original stuff signed before that people have brought me. Uh-huh. I tragically had a Hellboy bust done in red ink, like a red pilot oh, pen. Oh no! And I didn't put it in museum glass because I didn't really think about it so at the time. Faded and it, yeah, I had it in my studio for a while, and then one day I looked, and there was a blank piece of uh, Bristol. Oh, or it was it was a, it was car, it was backer board for comics, right? Uh-huh. And it was in a frame, and it was just a blank sheet. And oh, you look closely, you see the indentation of the pen. <clears throat> so, like like crayon indent that yeah. that, that bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know I probably should have. I don't know what happened to it, but um, so and I and I just I'm not that place in my life right now where I want to collect stuff. I just right. I'm really not interested in stuff, despite yeah. sometimes what it may seem. Um, but I felt like I wanted to go talk to him. And you showed me that sketchbook that he had. And yeah. That it was. And so I said, okay, I'll go over and talk to him. And so I walk over and, and earlier in the day, and as I was walking by, he was seated next to Jeff Darrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went and talked to Jeff Darrow, and I'm like, how are you doing? How's your con? And he's like, ah. And, and that's, he's kind of an oddity. Jeff's crazy. And, and it was fun to talk to him. But again, it was like talking to someone's drunk uncle a little bit. Like he, right. was, he was a little a little with the bug eyes and a little, uh-huh. bit, little bit edgy. And I loved it. Right. I think it would have been great to be seated next to someone like that. Yeah. Like, oh, to yeah. Be the, to be the lucky pro-am type, to be seated next to someone like that and just have those conversations like, you know. Well, and his stuff is promo. so <laughs> funny, know? too, because, like, when we went by there Friday night, it was clear that Jeff had been there. He didn't have anything on his table, but he'd already started to draw on the tablecloth. Right. Which kills me. It's like every time I've seen him at, he's drawn all over his tablecloth, yep. and I think it's so great. And I have to tell you that – um when I went back today and talked to Mignola, he uh-huh. was not there anymore. So uh-huh. He was gone. I don't know if he was only there for one day or what. Right. But I kind of regretted that I didn't uh, stop and look at his stuff more. But he had, he had a big binder of original art there. Uh-huh. And I had I had just assumed it was going to be really high-ticket stuff. And I right. Didn't it, but I would love original Jeff Darrell because of how right. detailed yeah. it was, right? Yeah. And I wish I had at least stopped to look. Right. I wasn't in a position where I wanted to pay a lot of money for anything right now. But – it would have been nice to at least take a look at it. It would have, yeah. I was sort of in the mind of, oh, I got to get out of the way and not bother them, right. which is a weird attitude to have at a convention when they're sitting there <laughs> for right. the express purpose of being bothered. Yeah, yeah, and that was um, Tyler Crook who does Harold County had some of his originals there. At he wasn't there, but um, Ott Crook was there, and they had some of his art there, and. So great to see it in person, the original artwork. It was just amazing to me. I'm like, I don't have 500 bucks as much as I want to spend 500 right. bucks on this. But it was just so great to see it. Yeah. I love seeing the, the original stuff. I think it's just been fantastic. Well, you're the one who convinced me that I'm not uh, interrupting them to talk to me. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not doing some other thing and it's uncomfortable to talk. They're there to be talked to. Right. So I said, fine, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to talk to Mike Mignola. So I walk over there and he's in the middle of it. He's got a mouthful of fries. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> and, and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you to that and I'll come back. I don't want to bother you. And then he, and with, with one free hand, a handful of fries and a burger. And, <laughs> and then he had a free hand. He goes, well, you want like this? And he motioned like a signature. And I said, no, no, actually I, 
you know, I really just want to chit chat with you for a few minutes. And he says, oh, so he puts his fries down. That's and I'm great. like, well, okay. And so then we talk briefly about, again, about the, the, the way his work influenced me. But also I talked to him a little bit about how I showed the Hellboy stuff to my wife. And that yeah. got her into it, and she really appreciated it. And it, and then she's not the only person I've done that with, but it's mm-hmm. his work is is the type where I love showing people who don't read comics and watching them get sucked into yes. it because his work does that. And as arcane and like really obscure the subject matter is, right? It's amazing how his simplified, brilliant style mm-hmm. and, and his humor and his humor, yeah, much more so than when. <clears throat> he wasn't doing the writing. Um, yes. Sucks people right in. Yes. And uh, so I talked with him for a little bit. It was super great. And then I got a book too and I had it signed to my wife. That's right. And then I took a photo and, you know, and then I was done and I thought to myself, you know, I still felt like I kind of stumbled through it like a 13 year old because yeah. again, I really didn't have anything useful to say. Right. But it was mostly like, I realized it's okay for me to just go and experience him for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was really great when I got to talk to him because like I was, I was the same way. I was like, Ah, I've talked to a lot of these guys. It's not a huge deal. I shouldn't be nervous about this. And then as soon as I started talking to them, I'm like, <laughs> got shaky. And I talked, I was like, dude, I'm like super nervous talking to you. I'm like shaky and stuff. I don't know what, to, it's weird. And he's like, dude, I got like that when I met Tom Waits. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so we talked about that yeah, for a while. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so funny. Like, like he just immediately, like he put me at ease and he wanted to talk about my artwork in a little while. And like, he asked me about the comic I'm working on and he's like that's a really cool idea I love that and I was just like oh my god this is amazing I this yeah. is like 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 of anyone to say that 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 exact word yeah him he's yeah. the guy I would want to say that so there's I mean a, it was just there's a part of it also to me you know the kill your darlings idea right you know on the one on the on the on the literary side it's you know something gets too precious you got to knock it down right but also when it talks when you're thinking about your your obsession with things that you like right sometimes and and people that you begin to put on a pedestal mm-hmm. sometimes you have to remember to make them human and in a way i was a little bit apprehensive about meeting some of the creators that i liked because right. i was afraid they were going to be a dick yeah or not yeah. interesting to talk to yeah absolutely and uh and i was pleased that he and Daryl as well, you know, and, and like, again, Phil Hester, right. Phil Hester was one of the two nicest uh, people that I talked to. That's amazing. Con. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Michael even Oh yeah. yeah. And he was super cool. He's awesome. He jumped up to shake my hand. I just, I was trying to do the, the flyby. I was like, <laughs> right. you know, everything you're doing, keep doing exactly what you're doing. Cause I love it. <laughs> and you know, I just think it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a very unique style and it's, and it's very successful and I really enjoy it. And he's like, hey, 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 and he shook my hand, and he asked me what I was doing, and I said I was over here and here, and I gave him my card and stuff, and then he said, hey, do you have my poster here? And I said, oh, what, no? And uh, he pulled out a poster of Powers that he drew, That's awesome. uh, where he drew it to match the- To match the show style. The I saw show, that. yeah. Yeah, right, the, 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 in, it's similar to what Dylan did to celebrate the release the Preacher. of Preacher. Yeah. So he drew the show's version of Powers, and then he signed it and stuff, and, and hoisted it onto me, and I'm like- Okay. That's rad. Yeah. Thank you very much. So he was super, super nice. Yeah. Anyway, and then you race back to the table, you know? Right. You start selling books again. Yeah, I, I thought it was just, it was just so cool meeting them. Like, like Eric Powell okay, yes. is exactly Eric Powell. Like, he's exactly what I picture Eric Powell to be when I meet him. Was he wearing a hat? Oh, yeah. He was wearing a hat. <laughs> he was wearing glasses. Uh, he, he may have had a beer or two. And yep. his wife was super awesome, too. Like, I talked to... For a while, they were next to... 
an artist whose name escapes me, who's also does really awesome art, like the Invasion of the Dapper Man. I picked up a print. Oh, I was yeah, going to yeah, show yeah. you. Um, I got to talking to her and Powell's wife about her chocolates that she makes. And, I mean, it was really fun to, like, sit there and talk about chocolates while Eric Powell's like, I, I'm late for a panel, I gotta go. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is, like, this is what I love about Comic-Con, is getting to, like, just experience the culture of the creation of the comics and stuff. I just yeah. think it's so fucking cool. And, think, and when you think about it, so many hobbies, so many industries have celebrity people that are in it and regular people right. in it. But literary... Conventions, yes, and then illustration conventions and these kinds of things. It's interesting because here are people who are working generally invisible, right. invisibly, right? Right. They're they're not. So the writer has their face in the back of the book or in the in the right the wraparound, but they're not they're not selling themselves as part of the product. Yeah, the product. Yeah, so, unless you're James Patterson, right? People don't necessarily care what you look like or if they meet you on the street, kind of thing. So day one, how did it go for you? You think? You actually you counted your I, yeah I count I know how day one went um, and it went well we did better than we did the previous year but not by a ton I mean especially when you factor in the fact that you know we ha- we theoretically had more table space but we am new product that kind of thing so you know I would I would call it successful absolutely because it was fun and we have not been losing money. Never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> Something just dove through the ice. Um, how would you rate it, sir, off of your limited experience with cons so far? Okay, so end of day one. Yes. Uh, I was actually feeling pretty good about it because I need a thing to open a thing. I'm going back to the Rogale. I like that. That Rogale. I noticed that I, I didn't land on the floor with an out allergic reaction. So <laughs> That's Wait a true. minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Her. Well, okay, so, you know... Thus is the last podcast with Tom. No. Yeah. <laughs> Keep, I mean, keeping in mind that I've had very little product, and I have also not put a lot of effort into the idea that I need to be a barker and try to sell. Right. I didn't want to be the guy that sits face down, like, drawing something and not engaging with people because I'm not right. scared of people. Right. I actually want to talk to people. So, for me, it was less about talking wares... You've seen, and more about just you know, engaging them. And yeah. if they wanted to buy something, great. But mostly, I just wanted to talk to them. You're you're creating fans That's and right. friends. I was fans and friends, and yes. so from that perspective, day one was going really well because I met a lot of cool people. Uh-huh. I had a lot of I had a lot of people doing what I call the deep dive, right? Uh, where they go through every page of my book. They go through a lot of the original art. They talk to me. They start telling me stories about why they like this or that character and whatever they're interested in talking about. Right. And then they, and then they go, okay, thanks. Take the card and walk. <laughs> and which was fine. Cause I still mm-hmm. got to, ha- to have a conversation and a lot of them said, I'll be back. And right. you know, that's a, that's a, I think a lot of times they're genuine. Right. It's a huge con. It and is. You're, and you let them walk away. You're not going to see them again. Right. Realistically. Yeah. And I, and, and again, that's fine. Good conversations. And yet I sold some books. I yeah. Did, at the end of day one, I did more than the other, the conventions last year combined. Right. So by the end of the day, I was like, wow, that's pretty great. So at this point, zero activity on Sunday, I'll still be happy. Right, right. right. Um, and you guys, I saw it. 
you guys were constantly. I mean, you were always on your feet. We were, around. yeah. And and uh, the difference here, and it's been kind of interesting, is like this is a money making con for us. We have to be able to pay our bills, and so for for this, like typically when I get together with Tom for a show. It's kind of a just a bros weekend for us to hang out. It's an excuse to kind of offset some of that cost. But this was one of those shows where I'm like, I got to make money because we have a car payment due that we don't have the money for kind of thing. We're, this is what we do for a living, essentially. And so when we do a con, we don't sit down. We're standing the entire time. And we're go, 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 basically. And one thing that I loved about this show it's not quite as heavy as it is in Salt Lake City, but it's a really heavy return customer con. Right. I had a lot of people come back from the previous year and be like, hey, I got your soaps. I'm almost out. Perfect timing kind of thing. In or that voice. I heard that voice. Yeah, that exact voice. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> or, hey, what new art do you have? And sure. that kind of thing. And I love that. Like, You're that right. makes things so worthwhile to me. For somebody to be like, I was looking for you, I found your booth, kind of thing. That's so cool. Well, and from a sales perspective, obviously, there's those two schools of thought. One is you go for every new eyeball that you can. Right. You you bleed them dry as much as you can, and then you run. It's the, uh-huh. it's the snake oil approach, right? Right. And then the other side is you're building relationships. Yes. So you don't gouge them. You encourage a relationship with them. Yeah. And then they're going to come back, and now they're going to be a repeat buyer who also tells their friends about. And, right. And that's what you saw. I and heard that worked. repeatedly. Yeah. We had a soap rubbing party or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> right. And you know, people, people came up to you this weekend that said, you know, Sally introduced right. me to, you know, this or that that you had, and, and I need to have one too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing, like, over and over again, I've thought about not doing the, the soap and just doing an art or something like that. And there's a part of me that wants to do that because there's a part of me that feels somewhat unpure for doing the soaps but i love the reactions that they get and the loyalty that they form and and despite them not being an art piece necessarily there's an art to creating what we make with those soaps and i i just love the reactions from people it's so fun to have them come over and be like yeah we smelled sally's soaps last night they were amazing so we had to come get some two things i love about your soaps as an aside and your use of uh, real materials. Right. And doing it at home and all this. One is that you're sitting here breaking down what you put in a particular soap, first of all, by memory. Right. But you're breaking it <laughs> down, and it's all like just real things. It's like the, it's the wet dream for people who hate the ingredients list full of chemicals from a factory. Right. You're like, you know, I'm not using all of those aromatics and chemicals that everyone else is using. I'm using real ingredients or extracts. And yeah. Oils, but yeah. But, Tangible things. Yeah. And the other thing about it that I love is that you're not making necessarily decisions based on, I'm going to find the best perfume for the soap. Right. Your ingredients are based on the concept for that soap. Yeah. The peach, for example, was a great story that you always tell. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or yeah. So anyway, to me, that's half the fun when the ingredients... It's one thing when it's, you know, Psycho Donuts and the right. toppings are related to a movie. Okay, but your your actual fundamental flavorings inside the soap are based on a pun or a gag or a reference from <laughs> yeah, a, they really from are. a movie, and I think that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I added cucumber to the two twenty one B soap exclusively so I could say we had cucumber batch in it. I mean, it's it's something where I put a lot of thought into it, and it needs to be a functional soap. Right. I've made soap that I thought would be 
super funny exclusively for the accuracy of it in relation to the title or the art. But if it's not a halfway decent soap, then it has to be the other end of the spectrum, like our right. vampire repellent soap that's garlic scented. Right. No one's going to fucking use that soap. Right, right. But the novelty of it overrides reason when it comes to it. Right. But yeah, like, I just, I get such enjoyment from people coming to me the next year and being like, I used your soap. It was amazing. Yeah. I need more. Yeah. I'm like, it was a year ago. And you're still excited about buying soap at a comic <laughs> right, shop. Right, It's the best thing, man. Right. And it so you were saying, me. at the end of day one, you were saying that you had noticed, a, a like you do on a lot of cons, you notice uh-huh. trends about things that are doing well or not well. But what's interesting is that regionally, mm-hmm. or based on the demographic of a show, certain things do much better than other things. Right. And you were saying that, like, flat. I saw you selling flasks all day, but it wasn't volume Right. It wasn't the volume that you were accustomed to. Yeah, it was a much lower volume than we would had expected for this area. So you sold tons of buttons and prints and a lot mm-hmm. less flasks here yeah. in Portland, whereas in Salt Lake City, right. the flasks were flying off the shelf. Oh, man. Salt Lake City likes their secret drinking. That's right. Man. That's right. Especially with a little bit of a geek sheath on the outside. <laughs> I'll tell you. Man, they, they were buying flasks like crazy. And these guys, I, I think the accessibility is a certain point of it because there were... Like, we were at the liquor store, and they had, like, three different displays of flasks laying around, that kind of thing. Right. And, obviously, there weren't the geeky flasks with my art on them, necessarily, but I think the... the, the it's kind of a hipster town. It really is. And, like, like my beard oil wasn't really selling, and it did really well at Salt Lake City, and I think that's another one of those things where these people are exposed to beard oil, and are like, oh, I already have some at home. That's a really good point, yeah. And in Salt Lake City, they're like, oh, what's this fascinating little thing yeah. kind of thing. So I, it's it's always a challenge to do these cons in other areas and see what works, what doesn't work. Um, usually I'll even like change out the book a little bit and put, oh, well, Sarah and Jareth aren't getting the attention at this con. Let's, let's throw Supernatural on the front page, right. that kind of thing. But uh, obviously we had Stranger Things on the front page. I don't think we could have picked a stronger choice for this con. That's true. Although I will say, I mean, all credit to your design idea, but the standout was yours. That stranger. <laughs> so Chris did a Stranger Things thing mashup. So yeah. it's the poster to the thing, but it's the Demogorgon in the center, and then the color shifted, and it's amazing. <laughs> it and, did turn uh, out it, really well. <laughs> it, looked, it looked really good. I think that and your and your Labyrinth stuff and your Supernatural stuff were the ones that I saw flying off the bus. Yeah, and Labyrinth has always been strong. Like, like even when all I had was just Sarah, they did really well still. Because it, it was like, great. Yeah, and and it may have something to do with my Labyrinth obsession. Might be. But... <laughs> dog. Yeah. Well, and that thing where you're where if you buy the two Labyrinth pieces, you get Worm as a little pocket, pocket right. piece was hilarious. <laughs> I was... I sold... Uh, or I, I don't remember if this if they bought both or not, but I pitched that and got a couple interested in the prints, but then I couldn't find the worm, so I was like, you got to trust me, there's a worm. <laughs> the more double entendre I can fit into my cells, the better. That's right. <laughs> couldn't find that worm. Anyway, so day two, we got some sleep, which was amazing for me. Yeah, sleep was good. We have nice beds at this hotel. Really I, nice. I hate the location of this hotel where the Fairfield something, Marriott. something, something. Yeah. And I hate the location of the hotel. The only restaurant close is an excellent pizza restaurant that we may or may not have frequented. Um, but pizza their beds are kick-ass. Yeah, really yeah. comfortable. 
Yeah. And I'm at a time in my parenting where I'm up every night with the kids. <laughs> so right. the idea that I would have a six a six hour block to sleep <laughs> is astounding. Like, amazing. Me. Yeah. Uh, but so we went today and so we had our breakfast and went over there and um you know, some of the people that we talked to were excited because it was the idea that people have been browsing yesterday but we're gonna buy today. Right. And then others we talked to like the folks across the way from us were saying, well, actually, usually I do half on Sundays. Right. And so I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And frankly, I sold books and prints and some art on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But through most of today, Sunday, no books. Right. I sold some some of the con-exclusive prints for the first time mm -hmm. in the con, which was nice. I sold some other prints. I sold some art. Had some good conversations. But for most of the day, I didn't even see people flipping through the book. Right. And it was, and I thought to myself, this is very distinct. Yesterday they were flipping. Today they're going to the to the to the catalog of prints, but they're not actually looking at the book. I had people right. looking at the original art, but not yeah. at the books. And I thought, well, there that that's that. And then at the very end, um, you know, one someone someone that was really cool came back in costume. <laughs> right. She bought some books and she got some other stuff. And then a couple other people came and bought some stuff. And so that and, was very nice. Yeah, and the last days of cons are always kind of interesting anyway, but particularly a two-day con like this. Yes. It was, it's funny because like, like day two for us, we sold hardly any buttons. Buttons didn't move at all, but we started selling some enamel pins. We sold quite a few more flasks today than we did yesterday. The art seemed to do pretty well. Um, I moved some things around on the other half of the table. Like, I don't know if you noticed, I moved the beard oil over and a few things. But I sold way less metal prints than I did the day before. And so it, it's just weird that I think people's priorities shift. Or maybe it's the, the one-day, two-day people... But, yeah, it's interesting, the, the difference between them. You're tripping out my Siri again. <laughs> my Siri is like, where can I buy metal prints? Try <laughs> deeplydapper.com. Really <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, again, it wasn't from the perspective of uh, exhibitors or artists who are needing to make money at these things. I still did not do great from that perspective. Right. But I sold more than I've ever sold. Well, And I, think and I had great conversations and stuff, too. Really tightened in on where your focus for the next shows are going to be. And I'm, I'm excited to see how that works out because one thing you have is a massive catalog of quality art and oh, it's, quality. it's, it's the, the highest of qualities. It's triple quality. And Grade three. Yes. And I can't wait to see your print book. Once we dive into that, that, that library. So Chris and his lovely wife were encouraging me to switch gears. Now that I put the, I have this deluxe art book. Yes, you know it's pricey. It's a big thing, big thing. And now I just put these two other book collections of material together. But what I don't have is a lot of prints. Right. And today or this weekend, I sold a fair number of my pinup prints, which was great. Um, and I sold some of the exclusives, although I had I had made them at a smaller aspect ratio, and the tall eleven by seventeen sell a lot better. Yeah. Um, but I did. You pointed out to me. That a lot of people flip through and they like this piece, that piece, or that piece in the book. Right. And they ask if I have them as prints. And up until now, I've been thinking about it in terms of, well, if I had the print, then they wouldn't have bought the book. Right. But you pointed out last night, but most of those people aren't buying the book. Right. So, what do you have to lose? And you pointed out that maybe instead of me printing a large number of each of them, because mm -hmm. I've been doing that to get the price down. Right. You said, hey, if you only have two or three... 
But yeah. of all the pieces, yeah. you will always have something to offer someone. Absolutely. And that's going to be, I think, the approach for the next time because it's not a, a cost, not a huge deal. The work's already done. I already have all of this stuff ready to go. Right. All I have to do is package it differently. So, so I think that'll be interesting. So it'll be a brave new Tom. A world. brave new Tom. Yes. So I, it's exciting. And we, we, ha- we have a con coming up shortly here. Just what three and a half weeks? Yeah, it's hard to weeks. Be- it's hard to believe it's long. we're gonna have a- yeah. we're banging them out. So next, yeah. the next one will be in early October. It's the Alternative Press Expo in yeah. San Jose, California. Yeah, um, and uh, that's another one where it's it's traffic light but creator heavy and very yeah. very interesting. So we're gonna have fun. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping we'll have time with it being kind of a lighter con to get a few on-the-spot interviews. Yeah. That but that's one thing that was fun about this show is we got to hook up with oh, the yeah. Houndstooth creators and Benjamin Dewey and a few others that I can't wait to try and hook up with them and do some interviews for the show. Yeah, we talked to a number of people who are interested in uh, in, in in being interviewed or talking yeah. about what they're doing, which would be great for yeah, future Yeah, that's got to be really fun. Um, they don't even know the big time that they're about to hit. Yeah. When they have a robot cracking interview on the, on the interwebs on Just iTunes. you wait, talented <laughs> artists. Once Just they, you wait. Once they feel that red tentacle, nothing will be the same. So what was your red tentacle for the weekend? Oh, sweet Lord. Well, I have to tell you. Segway. Uh, okay. I don't have a good one that I can point to because so many of them were... There were so many good experiences. Uh, but I think... Let me give you a few. Okay. How about a few sub-tentacles? Okay. Sub-tentacles. <laughs> One was uh, lamenting that I didn't get a chance to go find Matt Fraction. Oh, yeah. Because I'm so taken with the Hawkeye solo book and how, from a narrative standpoint, he, he's written it in such an interesting way mm-hmm. and was paired with an artist that could actually pull that off. Right. Um, and I thought, man, I wish I would like, I'd love to be able to talk to him. I, I met him years ago, uh-huh. but I didn't, but, you know, I think WonderCon. Oh, San Francisco wow. or something yeah. like de- a decade ago. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's right. Um, and so we're, we were unloading or we were loading up for at the end of the con and taking stuff out to the, to the, to the element. And uh, a guy in all white with yellow s- sneakers was carrying <laughs> uh, boxes of their stuff going, Oh, I wish I had a cart, whatever. And I was like, and I looked in the box and I saw some Matt Fraction stuff. And I thought, wait a minute. Cause he's, when he has facial hair is is different. His face looks radically different. Right, I really wasn't right. sure. So then when we saw him on the way back, I said, hey, hey, are you mad? Whatever. And I talked to him for a few minutes, and he was very gracious, too, when I was telling him a little bit about how the narrative shorthand he uses, specifically my favorite touch is when it's not important to the story what people are saying. Yeah. He blurs out the dialogue box, and so it's like yeah, the Peanuts teacher. Really interesting. Right? It's yeah. It's the Peanuts teacher going, wah, 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 or the, the gag about what dogs hear. Right. type. But, uh, you know, so that was fun. I, it was fun to get a last-minute um, sort of rub elbows with Yeah, with that was even, that like, our to. last load out to the car. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And another one was a girl who was really excited about having met Stan Lee. She was a, a young teenager. She had drawn a, a picture with Stan Lee in the center and all these superheroes around him and gotten him to sign it. That's awesome. And then she, showed, she took the time and showed me her sketchbook. And, and all the different things she had done. And so I love that because I was seeing a young person who was really excited about drawing, was excited about get, who had done a Stan Lee portrait. Yeah, that's cool. Actually done three of them. Right, right on. And had, a, and had a parent with her that was so supportive of what she was That's doing, really great. Uh, which I thought was really great. And then, uh, and then I think in general it was just that, getting to hang out. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I had a couple of different 
levels of highlights, definitely. Like, uh, obviously, meeting the creators we got to meet and actually getting to talk and interact with them, get away from the table and meet them was right. really awesome. Um, but, you know, like, like getting to do a, a regular con with you I thought was super rad. I thought it was so fun being able to do that, eating pizza every night of the week. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, like, overall, I... Once again, I just I kind of have to give it to the people that saw me last year that came back yeah. and are just like, oh yeah, we're back for right. more kind of thing. I, I just love that. It's so gratifying as an artist to have somebody interested enough in what you do to come back the next year. Yes, it's so great to me. Like as exciting as it was to meet some of my heroes in terms of art and what inspires me to create art, having somebody that's interested in my art and come back to see it Very is gratifying. just huge. Yeah. I think another thing I was going to mention is that, uh, there was a long time where I was not too big on cosplay. Uh-huh. And it was because I kind of stepped out of this world when the rise of the booth girls was happening, right? which was exotic dancers or models who are wearing out slinky outfits. Right. We're standing around hawking a product from a company Right. Acting like they cared about it. And yeah, it was, it was like the, it was brass commercial, and it was the precursor to the fake geek girl phenomenon, right? Right. And it really turned me off because it was sex selling, but it wasn't even authentic, right? Um, and it was just very, and it was very marketed towards uh, hetero men, and it was just everything right. about it was just really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then when cosplay first started picking up steam, the the standouts and what you saw most of the photos of were the really pretty right. girls in the skimpiest cosplay costumes, right? Okay, so now I have small children. Flash forward. They love to dress up in <laughs> costumes. I'm I'm a maker, even though I don't do a lot of physical making these days. But right. I'm a creator, and I like I'm interested in construction. I mean, be, being an architect, it's right? Really interesting to me how this works. I love that I'm seeing so many uh, cosplay from people who are obviously have taken a step. I love the range. I love the very nervous, yes. anxious, in, insecure. Uh, introverted people who are in a crazy costume and they can barely look you in the eye, but look what <laughs> right. they did and look what they pulled off and they're right. out there doing. And I don't want to sound proud of that. I don't want to yeah. sound condescending. It's not, I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. And then you see, um, girls or guys who are dressed in the costume that is associated with some slinky little anorexic character. Right. And they're in there in all their glory and they're just, and they're owning it. Uh, yeah. I love it. And yes. the cross play where they're doing, the character and I a different that's gender. So creative and awesome. I love crossplay. It's the freak <laughs> flag flying thing. I yeah. love that there were so many and I love the the cosplayers who have really intricate costumes that they actually created and didn't just buy. Um, and yeah. I love the ones that are very interesting ones. You don't you have to think about what they're doing, yeah. the mashups or the or the pun in it, whatever, and how um, I love how friendly they are. And I I love encouraging them to come over and take a photo and then I want them to go and, and tag themselves on Instagram yes. so they get their credit. And I want to make sure and always ask them before because that's mm-hmm. still a really big problem right now is that right. you know, just because you, some of them, they dress up in a, in a maybe a, um, a little bit alluring outfit that uh, guys are snapping their photos and being really creepy about it right. and following them around and maybe touching them. It's a real, like they're saying, costume is not consent. Right. Cosplay I don't, is I don't not see, consent. Right. Sure, they're there to be photographed to be seen and photographed in the same way that creators are there to engage with people. Right. 
but that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt to ask first right. before taking a photo and and then ask them to participate in getting credit well, for that. Well, they're photo. super appreciative about it. They they love to pose, and yeah. the, a lot of them have their locked-in pose that they like to do. Their interaction with other ones. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's it does nothing to ask them to pose for you because it, it, it results in this really fun photo. You get to interact with them. And I always like, even if I'm out on the sales floor, I'll carry cards with me and be like, oh, can I take your picture? And then I'll give them a card and be like, hey, I'll post this if you want to tag yourself. Because I I think they what they do is a true art. That's yeah, awesome. And I, I love that they like – spend as much money and time and effort as they do to just show up at a con and have a fun time, show off what they can do. And look better than the movie version of their great. character, right? Yeah, my yeah. Throttling of, my throttling of that uh, comics uh, comics appropriate apocalypse, and he looks yes. better than the movie apocalypse because he just looks like Yeah, he looked amazing. Scary, right? That dude in the, the, the space suit with the skull that had the articulated oh, jaw. Oh, it was rad. You know, and, and the other thing I like about uh, the cosplayers and how they interact with each other is that they are living their, they're living a, an experience and I like to see, I like to document this, this fantasy that they're doing. Right. And I'm not I'm not at a point in my life where I'm taking pictures of pretty girls and going, I'll check out how great they look necessarily. But I'm taking photos of all of, of uh, men and women and little kids and families all dressed up because I get to go show my kids these. Yes. So that when they start going to convention, they will be able to, you know, play up on their already, their pre-existing love of costuming. Yeah. And I think it maybe will inspire them to do more and more and more about that dress. Yeah. The, the maker that that's stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like the, I took that, a lot of photos for them. To that, see. that kick-ass family that does uh, labyrinth where they built right. the, the full ambrosia and Sir Didymus costume for the kid. Yep. It was just, it was so great. And the, the kid was such a trooper too. He's just like, why? My back hurts, but it's great. <laughs> dad was like, well, there's a single strap on the shoulders. Yeah. Like, How about a web harness? Because they make those now. So what was your favorite cosplay, do you think? Do you, oh, do you think man. that was a good one? You know, there were a lot of them that I was just like, oh, that's amazing. I love to see that kind of thing. Uh, Skullface the, Astronaut was amazing. Skullface Astronaut, I loved. Um, do you think that was a reference to any particular fandom? I think I it was, but I'm not certain. Um... Because the upper shoulder head part seemed really specific, but then it, they were just wearing like generic hockey gloves, and yeah. so I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, it almost looked like Jeff Parker's. Uh, yeah, Jake yeah, Jake Parker. Jake yeah, that's not but in. Yeah, um, you know the the female Loki that came by she with the scale mail and the horns. Amazing! So amazing, and she was. Just fucking great too. Um, African American, there are cons in the oh, country yeah, where that would not have amazing. Fly. Yeah, <laughs> how and could you change the character in this radical right. way? How dare you? It was amazing. Oh my god, I loved her. Um, I think I might have to give it to her. Like there were a few others I really liked, but the the fact that she made it all herself and like she used leather for the horn scaling and then used actual metal for the scale mail. It was just. She owned that costume. It was amazing. I think last year it was for me. It was the woman that had been dressed up as a. I think she was Agent Carter as Captain America. Oh yeah, right. So yeah, she was, was done rad. up in a forty style. She had Vic, uh, victory curls and everything else, but then she had the, the shield. 
And then this year, and I have to say that the Ray that we talked to, Ray was who had solid. the accent and everything, she yeah. was amazing. But I, I have to, it was a total throwaway. It was a total, it was the second day of this costume and it was a, a little gag. But the day one, there was a, there was one of the, uh, the funny proportioned, exaggerated proportioned T-Rexes stumbling around. Oh. And, and inflated. <laughs> yes. And then today they were stumbling around and they had a Freddy Krueger <laughs> oh sweater on God. and they had a little Freddy Krueger hand. <laughs> But it's a little stumpy little T Rex hand, so, so they couldn't swipe funny. anything. Oh, yeah, my that God. wins! <laughs> yeah, the the idea I didn't get a photo of it, but it of, a, of a Tyrannosaurus with its big vicious teeth and the claw hand that couldn't reach anything, <laughs> and yeah. and it being combined with an inflatable was yeah. just oh, that was hilarious. That was pretty good. And we didn't even get a photo of it. It just like like stumbled past so it fast happened. we didn't get a picture. And there was a couple of people where they 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 went by, and I was just like, well. <laughs> I didn't even take a photo of that. <laughs> yeah, the, and the T Rex one was phenomenal. I loved it. Yeah, that that's that's a good pick. <laughs> so, all right, so we got a month, and then uh, yeah. I'll have some prints at the next one. It's going to be a, a mellower con, but we'll definitely we'll definitely podcast from that. And we're going to try and get our schedule a little more regular here. I I can't promise weekly because both of us are crazy busy. Um, but we're going to try and book some bank, some, some episodes here. So you guys have a little more of a regular show. We might have to go bi-weekly for a little while just so that we are consistent, but we'll, we'll, we'll be back. But this is a tough one for you. This time of year is really tough. Cause yeah. you're going con to con to con. And yeah. You were going home like this last time after Salt Lake City, you came home made more product, right? got on the road again. So yeah, no yeah. I had uh, Colorado Springs Comic Con. I was home for 41 hours, left for Salt Lake City Comic Con, was home for three days, just barely, and then we left for this con. And we had planned a little vacation after it, and we, we just don't have time. We have to get home and get some other some stuff done, and... <clears throat> It's just go, go, go this time of year, and it's good because that means I can get to pay my bills a little bit this month, yeah. which is nice. Um, but yeah, um, we'll we'll try and get some recording in because we've both seen TV shows and movies we want to talk about. We have a laundry list. We have, yes. we have Nice Guys. Yeah. We have Spectre. Spectre. We talk about? I haven't Spectre. seen Spectre. All right, you need to watch Spectre. <laughs> uh, we have... Uh, so I need to rewatch X Men Apocalypse so mm. I actually know what happened, but we yeah. can talk about it. Um, well, and we've got Luke Cage in a in a week and a half, and then Westworld after Westworld. That. Um, yeah, so there's, you have to see Suicide Squad. I need to see Suicide. Um, yeah, we got all sorts of fun stuff coming up. Born. I haven't seen that one. No, no. because we've just been too busy to have fun. Right? Yeah, fun does not exist in this dojo, does it? So, so do you? Uh, do you have any planned plundering? Uh, my planned plundering is currently to get home and go to bed. Uh, no, um, you know, I really don't right now. Like, I haven't even thought ahead that far. I've been so exhausted and busy that, like, I've been reading three books and I can't say I've read more than a couple chapters in any of them right now. Wow. Um, I know there's some stuff that I've picked up, like, at this show. Like, right. like I got the, the, the tragedy series from Benjamin Dewey and his stuff is phenomenal. And what a fucking deal, too. 20 bucks. It's a hardcover book of all of his tragedy series, which are hilarious. And for next, it, it was 18 bucks for the book. 
two dollars extra, and he drew a custom book plate on the that interior. That was really rad. I didn't know about that, and I opened it up. Isn't and that said, amazing? Oh. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of it he had pre-printed out, which was really clever. Great. And then he just added some Copic designs and did the head on it. But it was just such a great, clever idea. If you don't know who Benjamin Dewey is. Check him out. He's drawing Autumn Lands with Kurt Busiek right now, but he also did a series himself that are all like, like these fun like Victorian era tragedies that happen. Like the narwhal shows up to a museum opening and gets mistaken for a exhibit kind of thing. I mean, they're just really I've funny and yeah. ironic and really clever. And it, I was super excited to meet him because I love him. Yeah. I think he's got great stuff, and I hope we can get him on the show. That's that would be really fun. But he was super cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am now up to December two thousand thirteen in my Marvel comics reading. Ooh. So I'm really flying along now. Yeah, almost to two thousand fourteen. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> uh, I I need to see. Um, I do need to see Born. And uh, I still have to try to get to see the Ghostbusters movie, which it's really I'm good. struggling to love find a, a, a place to see it. See, and that's my problem with Suicide Squad right now. It's gone out of the theaters locally, and so I can't find it anywhere. I'm surprised at that, because it's still... Dude, you know, I have one it. theater, and it has 11 screens. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when a new movie comes out, they take over the big D screen and at least two of the other theaters. Right. So then it's down to six... Unless you want to drive over an hour someplace else. Got it. So, Got it. so that's the problem where I, I fall into this rural Idaho living hole. So. Well, and so I'm definitely looking forward to Luke Cage in Westworld. Oh, shit. What? Actually, I correct. I, I actually do have something I'm looking forward to, but you finish yours. Well, just Westworld and Luke Cage. And then right I'm, I'm still, I have three shows that I'm watching in, in a nice, slow and steady pace. I'm still working on a Workaholics. Nice. I'm still working on uh, Rick and Morty, and I'm uh, still working on Peaky Blinders. And so Which I are get to all shows through. I need to watch at some point. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> rotating through those and watching like an episode of or two of them a night, if I'm lucky, or every couple nights. Right. On. And uh, they're fantastic. Yeah, I just I just remembered that on the 14th, we're hoping to see Labyrinth, the oh, 30th right. anniversary yeah, right. of the theater. I haven't bought my tickets yet, but I plan to. Nice. I should probably do that when we get done recording this, I think actually. You should, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're going to have that one. You're going to have to, you know. It'll be like sitting on somebody's lap yep. just so I can see it. Yep. But, yeah, um, that's that's about it, All I right. think. Cool. Well, it was a great con, and uh, we'll... Yeah. This was fun doing it in person. It's weird. It, yeah. We got over it once you got once you leaned back and you weren't like all, you know... Super you know, intent. Yeah, you were... Yeah, you, well, yeah, you were super <laughs> into it. Stroking your evil beard. Yeah. So, that wasn't my evil beard. That was my, my pleasant beard. You were you were massaging the beard oils that you can get at deeplydapper.com. Those are wonderful beard oils. They're all so, made. If you want to reach us, if you happen to have come across this podcast from talking to us at the convention or or for some other reason hasn't haven't tried to reach out to us and want to Thank you for stopping by the table, first of all, if you yes. did come by at Rose City. That's right. And then you can reach us at our email addresses, which is I'm Tom at ThirdRailDesignLab.com, and you're... And I'm Chris. Oh, wait, no. I'm DeeplyDapper at gmail.com. Right, and then you can get us at all the social media sites that you love. Yes. That we sort of love. 
using our general <laughs> names and also at our websites and everything else. Yes. And you can find it at the link to wherever you go. Yeah, yeah. Go to robot-kraken.com or you That's can a good site. stream it from deeplydapper.com or yeah. find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We have two on there. They're both from us. That's not true. <laughs> but they are five-star and they're very, very generous. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, well, great. Yeah, have a good night, everybody. Let's Thanks. put the Kraken back in the thing. Yeah, put the, the Kraken uh, in the thing. Unrelease the Kraken. Put the lime in the coconut. <laughs> Drink it all down or whatever. No, we're done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Adios. Oh no shit! All those bon mots lost <laughs> like tears into me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>